Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Sam, founder and CEO of DataJoin, a personalization platform that's raised $3.5 million in funding. Sam, thanks for chatting with me today. Hey, Brad, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. And just so our listeners can search your name later on, would you mind saying your last name for us? We uh, talked about that in the pre-interview. I was a bit nervous to try to pronounce it. It's a long name. No worries, Brad. It's not every day. You probably have a, have a someone last name you got to pronounce. So it's Sam Fonoy Moana. Fonoy Moana. So... That's helpful. Thank you. And now let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Sure. So Sam Fonoimwana, I'm the founder and CEO of DataJoin. I'm an island boy, born in Hawaii, grew up in Hawaii and in California as well. And I come from a big family and I know what it's like to have to uh, fight for food at dinner time since I was a kid. But uh, no, I really enjoyed growing up in Hawaii and LA with my family. And when I left home to go to college, I came here to Utah, which is where I live now, you know, here in the Rocky Mountains. And it's beautiful. I live here in Orem, which is about 40 minutes south of Salt Lake City. We're close. You know, we're right here in what's called the Silicon Slopes, kind of a, our self-dubbed tech community title. But there's a great tech community here in Utah Valley and then, you know, in the city of Utah together. I went to school at BYU, which is right down the road here. If you could see me, you would see my, my alma mater. I'm wearing my, my alma mater uh, hoodie right now. <laughs> Go Cougs. And yeah, I, I went to school and I studied entrepreneurship as an undergrad. And then I also went back for the MBA program, you know, also here at BYU out of the Marriott School of Management and I studied finance. So I think my career has been in data analytics and in finance, but yeah, I think I got a lot of my ideas and, and a lot of my skill set just from those early college years where a lot of seeds were planted. My wife's from Tahiti, so I'm Samoan Hawaiian. My wife's Tahitian, so we definitely have a Polynesian home here with our seven beautiful kids. And yeah, I mean, I people, when I meet them, they say, hey, you're, you're crazy. I mean, you're pretty busy. You're running a startup and you've got seven kids. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I really uh, love my family. I love what I do. And I love doing what I do, you know, for my family to be able to succeed. So yeah, that's a little bit about myself, Brett. Wow, that's amazing. Seven kids. What's the age range? Yeah. So the oldest is 21. She's actually married and they have a daughter. So I'm a grandpa, my wife and I, and then the youngest is three. So I mean, we've still got our own little, you know, semi-baby, big baby now, like just walking around the house. But yeah. It's great. It's never quiet here. I'm glad we, we did the podcast at this time before the kids, you know, get home from school and it starts, might get a little noisy. So <laughs> we're used to background noise, so we can manage if it does get noisy. So take me back. When you moved to Utah, did you move directly from Hawaii to Utah or, or did you do LA in between? Yeah. So I was born in Hawaii and then we stayed there till I was eight. And then my dad got a new job actually with my grandpa. I had a family business in LA of, uh, you know, boarding care homes for mentally ill and mentally retarded people. So, so my family just picked up and yeah, when I was eight years old, we moved from Hawaii to LA and then, yeah, I spent from eight years old all the way to when I graduated high school in LA County. And then from there, I got accepted into BYU 
one of the only kids in my high school, you know, in our part of LA, not many get out and, you know, make it to college back in those days. But yeah, I applied to BYU here in Provo, Utah and came up here and it really, you know, really changed my life. So that's amazing. And are you seeing more Hawaiian entrepreneurs, you know, come to the mainland US and, and try to build startups? Or how do you view that demographic that you fit in? That's a good question. So I, I took my family back in uh, 2016 to Hawaii mm-hmm. and helped take care of my parents and to give my kids a taste of island life. And, you know, while I was out there, that's when I ventured off on my own and started doing my own consulting. That's when I was a full-time entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really wanted to try and grow the business out there and stay out there. I mean, that was the life. I would have my meetings in, in my Ford F-150. I would be parked at the beach at my favorite, you know, surf spot take some meetings, you know, go catch some waves, but no, it never really grew out there. I kept getting more and more business on the mainland and was basically, you know, I was almost forced to come back here because I was traveling here so much. So, I mean, that was my, you know, story right there. I, I definitely had to move to the mainland. Adobe's our huge partner. They're right up the street from us. And so it just made sense, you know, for me to be back here on the mainland, you know, with the, keep that dream alive though, that one day I'll be able to return home, you know, to the islands. Once I make it big and all that stuff, right? So amazing. I love it. Well, I'm sure you're definitely an inspiration then as well to some of the other tech entrepreneurs in Hawaii now to go big and to build a tech company. So I'm sure that feels good on your end, I'm guessing. Yeah. You know, when we uh, made the announcement and just over the years, you know, I, I would get comments just from friends and family and it's kind of stressful and heavy. Like I do things to, because I love to do them and I want to take care of my family, but I do also recognize that. I'm just more than myself and my family, but I represent my culture. I just do my best to try to represent as best I can. Amazing. I love that. Yeah, and two questions we'd like to ask just better understand what makes you tick as a founder. What CEO do you admire the most and what do you admire about them? Let's see. I've been working with my CEO coach, you know, since I've got some funding and that's one thing that the investors, you know, that they recommended. And so... Just in working with my CEO coach, we've talked about a few different CEOs. And one that I really like is the CEO of DoorDash, Tony. I can't remember his last name, but so my CEO coach used to work, you know, under Tony, used to run HR over at DoorDash. And, you know, I really like his style. You know, for me personally, I don't consider myself like a Tony Robbins type or anything of the sorts, like a super high energy guy. You know, like you see some of these CEOs. I consider myself, you know, someone who's efficient. I definitely love relationships. I'm not saying I'm an introvert by any means, but when my coach was talking about, you know, his ex-CEO, Tony from DoorDash, it really resonated with me. He was, because Tony, as he describes him, is just someone who, who's really efficient, you know, who's able to get things done, who's able to challenge people, who also doesn't necessarily have, you know, that high energy persona mm-hmm. that he in, in many, many CEOs. And so when my coach told me that, I said, hey, great, that's good. I was starting to think I'm kind of by myself here, one of these lower energy, efficiency first type of CEOs, but that's one that comes to mind. You know, when I think of uh, CEOs, I've been thinking a lot about him in my trainings with my coach. Nice. That's a great call out. DoorDash is that definitely a great company. What about books? Is there a specific book that that had a major impact on you as a founder? And this can be a, a business book or it can just be a personal book that really influenced how you view the world. Yeah, this is a good question. I've read a lot of different business books. I'm trying to remember the author. I think his name is John Maxwell. He writes a lot of different leadership books. And no, I, I just really like his approach to leadership. I mean, it's only recent that I've, you know, been at this CEO level pretty much since I've been running the company. And I spent a long time at the director level, but I spent a lot of the time before as an analyst, 
And I really like his message about leadership. You know, he talks a lot about how leadership is not uh, necessarily your title, but it's really influence. Like influence is leadership and the way that you get influence, he says, is by, you know, being a good partner, doing good work with others. You start to become the go-to for those people that are around you. You start to build that trust with them. You know, that's leadership. And so I feel like I was able to rise up, you know, pretty quickly in my career. Just I've read his books now, you know, for the last 15 years. And I feel like those principles have always stuck with me. You know what? If I just partner well and try to do what's right for the company, you know, I stand up for what I feel is right for the company and I'm dependable, then people rely on me and and that's leadership. So yeah, I think his name is John Maxwell. Yeah, I think I've read a few of his books as well. I was like, there were futable laws of leadership or something along those lines. But I do recall his books are always like very uh, free of fluff and BS. And it's just like very simple and, and straight to the point, which is very refreshing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I really like it. So anyone, even if you're not in a leadership role, you definitely could be a leader. Cool. Well, let's switch gears here and let's talk about data join. So let's start with the origin story behind the company. So data join, I guess, let me just rewind it. In my early career, my first tech company that I worked for was one-on-one marketing over here in Utah. And I got hired on as the chief statistician, you know, for them. I didn't run hardly any statistics for that company. What I ended up doing is combining different data from different data sources. So that company was a lead gen company for the University of Phoenix and these other for-profit universities. And the marketing team in our company was trying to find leads that we can sell off to the University of Phoenix, for example. And the success metric really is if those leads ended up enrolling for school, you know, at the University of Phoenix or whatever university it was. So we had a case where our clients had half of the data. They really had all the success metric data, right? If the leads actually enrolled and our team had all the marketing spend data, all the campaigns that drove the leads. So I really learned the ins and outs of doing data engineering and being able to connect, you know, two different data sources correctly and accurately so that we could see that full picture. And I left one-on-one marketing to go to Ancestry.com. Then I left to go to Domo. And, you know, I saw the same, you know, situation at each of those companies where there's disparate data sets that they had valuable data, you know, in each system, but they just didn't talk to each other like at all. And so connecting those data sets together in those systems, that became my bread and butter. And yeah, Brett, I couldn't get away from it even if I wanted to at this point. Like, this is what I know how to do. I would put myself up. I don't really like to, you know, brag or challenge, but I put myself up against anyone, you know, in this particular task. So, and that's where data join comes from. It's really the evolution of that. Nice. I love that background story. And when it comes to the customers, and I, I see you have some amazing customers on the site, how would they describe the problem that you're solving for them specifically and then the benefits that they're seeing from the platform? Sure. So I think at a high level, you know, marketers, they want to be able to see the fruits of their labor. So they want to be able to see not just how much they spent, that's easy, but they want to see like how much, especially if you're a B2B marketer, they want to see how much pipeline that they've driven. They want to see how many closed deals, not only to optimize, but really to get that credibility and, and respect, you know, from the rest of the stakeholders of the company. So I think that was the early days of data join. All we were doing was integrating Salesforce pipeline data and deal data, you know, back into marketing systems like 
Google Analytics or Adobe Analytics or Google Ads. And then that way they can get that full 360, you know, that full uh, customer journey, closed loop view of their efforts. And so, and I, I still think that stands true today. There's a lot of marketers out there. They want to be able to, you know, see the fruits of their labor, show the fruits of their labor to everyone in the company and especially to the stakeholders. Because at B2B, you, know, you probably know this, but sales takes the cake normally because it's easy to say, hey, you know, we closed the uh, 20 deals this quarter or whatnot. So... I would say, yeah, that's the early days. Although I'll definitely say that our use cases are pivoting, you know, this last year or two with data joint. So you've got some incredibly impressive logos and H&R Block, AARP, Adobe, Equifax, VMware, you know, that's just a few of the logos that you have. How are you able to land logos like that as an early stage startup? Because I think that's something that, you know, all early stage startups that we talk to on the show struggle with. Yep. Nobody really knows data join, at least not yet. So what we had to do, because we're, you know, kind of a small fish in a huge pond, is that we partnered with one of the biggest fishes in the pond, and that's Adobe. So Adobe, you know, this comes back to kind of my leadership, you know, with John Maxwell, but I have a few friends in my career who I've worked closely with back at Domo and at Ancestry. You know, we did everything together. We solved LinkedIn, you know, optimization problems together. We played horse together on the basketball hoop outside of the office. We did quite a bit of things together and long story short, like those guys are, you know, became product managers at Adobe. They know what I can do. You know, they know my skill about connecting data sources together and basically got me in as an Adobe partner. I was able to show the Adobe, you know, ecosystem, what data joint could do with these integrations. And because of that, you know, our official Adobe partnership, we have, you know, Adobe CSMs will bring us you know, some of their customers who are looking to integrate the systems because they got that level of trust and understanding with us. And so that's how this tiny goldfish, you know, was able to get some of those big names that you said. Wow, that's amazing. And are there any numbers that you can share that highlight the traction that you're seeing? Sure. I think none of our numbers are public in terms of revenue, but I can just tell you that, you know, up until the time of fundraise, we were able to acquire 15, you know, Fortune 500 companies on our own. Wow. as customers. And, you know, I can tell you this year that Adobe has asked us to present at Summit, which is huge for us. This will be our first time ever doing that. And that Adobe has just yesterday, actually, we had this offer, this joint promotion, you know, with the Adobe product marketing teams and the Marketo product marketing teams, you know, Marketo is owned by Adobe to be able to push out our product to the joint customer base. And so, for us, that's huge that Adobe believes in us, you know, this much and what we can do for them, that they're willing to, to push us out to their customer base like this. So, yeah, I mean, those are some of our biggest wins right now that kind of talk about the traction over the last couple of years. And, and we're really, really excited just heading into Adobe Summit in Vegas in March. Nice. That's amazing. And that's super impressive too. Landing 15 enterprise accounts before you had any funding. That's something that I think every founder listening probably dreams of being able to achieve. So congrats on the, uh, the success there. Oh, thank you. Now, what about market categories? How do you think about market categories? Is this a new category creation play or is this really chipping into and, and transforming an existing market category? That's a good question. I do feel like we are in a crowded space. If you think of integration, data integration tools, you know, there's going to be a ton that come to mind. If you think about marketing analytics tools, there's going to be also a ton that come to mind. And so, but yet we're doing something different here at DataJoin. So I believe we are creating our own niche mm -hmm. you know, in this marketing analytics space, because if you look at those integration tools, they almost always focus on 
you know, what I'll call easier integrations, where you can just integrate, you know, middle of funnel and bottom of funnel tools together. Like for example, to integrate Marketo and Salesforce, well, to integrate any two systems, you need some sort of common key between the two systems so that you can, you know, connect data or join data properly. So for Marketo and Salesforce, that's easy because Marketo has an email address, Salesforce has an email address. So you've got an easy, you know, primary key between both systems. So that's what I call an easy integration. And what most of, uh, pretty much all the integration tools are focused on those type of integrations. What we do is all around your web behavioral data. And this is a much tougher task of taking anonymous visitor IDs on your website and trying to connect those to an email address in Salesforce. So this is a task, you know, if you try to go into, you know, Zapier and plug in this, this potential combination, it's not going to pop up. But for us, that's what we lead out with. This is my area of expertise is B2B. And so I, this is what we're trying to package up in our, what we're calling micro integrations, which is just a fast, much faster integration than say like a MuleSoft that's out there. Nice. So is that how you're describing the platform then? Is it a micro integrations platform or just when you're looking at the, the platform side, how do you describe it? Yeah. So for the platform, you know, we call each connection a micro integration because it's fast, it's quick. We call our platform though, we're starting more and more internally to refer to it as a behavioral data platform because we're basically connecting behavioral data from your web analytics, whether that's Google Analytics or Adobe Analytics. We are pushing that into Salesforce so that the sales reps know like, hey, like what are the latest interesting signals that my customers are doing on the website? You know, push it over to Marketo so that you can have automated triggers or better lead scoring because you've got very high intent signals that you're capturing. So. Yeah, more and more internally, we're starting to refer to it as like a behavioral data platform. Amazing. Love that. And when we're talking about just breaking it through the noise, I know the Adobe partnership there has been critical in helping you rise above all the noise that's out there these days. What else do you think you've gotten right when it comes to rising above the noise? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, I don't think we have the flashiest crew. I don't think we have the smoothest talkers or, or anything like that, but what I think we do have is our ability to build, you know, strong working relationships with our customers. And we're trying to scale this now with data join, but that's one thing, like if you were to talk to any of our customers, we have a very high renewal rate. I mean, I would say like 90% plus renewal rate. We have several expansion, you know, several of our customers have expanded to other micro integrations. And that's because, you know, if, if you talk to them, I was going to say, like they love working with Nate Jackson on my team. They love working with Cameron Warren and with myself. We just have a good time solving these problems for them and, you know, trying to do more than just set up the integration, but really partner with them and say, Hey, you know, this is what, okay, great. Now you got the data flowing. This is what's going to knock their socks off and, you know, move the needle for you guys. So I would say that's our strong suit, you know, is that our customers love us. We definitely love them. You know, we send all of our customers. I'm Hawaiian. And if you can see my desk, I've got a ukulele right here at my desk, right? <laughs> Playing it. So we send them all ukes for Christmas, you know, cause they know like that's our style. There's a lot of our, our employees here. We're all Polynesian. And so I sent them that and I said, Hey man, let's just jump on a zoom. I'll, I'll give you a 30 minute lesson. Like that's the type of uh, relationship we have with, with our customers and uh, something that we're happy about. That's so fun. I love that. And. As you brought this product to market, what would you say has been the greatest challenge that you've had to overcome? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we're entering what they call a red ocean, you know, back in my entrepreneurship class, mm -hmm. it, uh, it's full. I mean, it's very packed with other products that look like us, you know, they even sound like us, but they're not us. And so I think 
for us, kind of crack the code to be able to differentiate us from the rest of the alternatives out there. Like, yeah, that's an ongoing challenge for us. You know, they say data join. Oh, well, we, we already use Zapier or data join. Oh yeah, we already have MuleSoft, you know, an enterprise uh, data moving tool, but it's a great challenge. It's really helped us to refine our message, really, you know, just buckle down with our customers and our prospects and the market to get their feedback. So I think it's definitely making us, you know, stronger. Uh, it's a hard nut to crack, you know, I'll definitely say that. Yeah, I can imagine. And last question here, what's the vision for the company? This could be you know, the pivot that you're working on currently and just what that three-year mission and vision really looks like. And for us, I mean, my vision and my mission for Data Join, you know, if I take it to that 30,000 foot level, if you look at the state of marketing today, if you look at all the emails that you got in your inbox this morning at, at 9 a.m., <laughs> All of them at the same time. Uh, you'll see that, you know, most of them are completely irrelevant to you or they could be relevant, but just the wrong timing. And the same for the ads that you see as you surf the internet. And so for us, like at DataJoin, we have a vision of a better world of marketing, a higher level of targeting so that, you know, marketers don't spam and, you know, anger the market and dilute their brand, but they can really just do intelligent, safe targeting for those who are just truly interested in, in learning more about your product. And so we feel like, like more than any other tool out there that we could facilitate this because companies are already sitting on this data that they need to be able to accomplish this. They just need to connect it up, you know, in all their other systems. And, you know, we're the only tool out there that's really focused on doing this. And so that's our vision, like to make marketing not suck, you know, like marketing is not very, not, not very good. I mean, sure. It, it still drives a lot of pipeline and it drives, you know, billions and trillions of dollars, but it could be a lot better, you know, to where you still can generate that money, but not bug everybody in the process. So that's the long-term vision. As far as the platform is concerned, yeah, I mean, we are really trying to build out, you know, for Google Analytics and Adobe Analytics. Right now we can send, you know, that data to certain marketing automation platforms and certain CRMs and certain ad platforms. You know, our goal is you know, within three years, we'll be able to send it to every, you know, send your web analytics, behavioral data to every platform in your stack. And, you know, you can go bi-directional, bring it back into your web analytics as well. And then not just that, but once we have that connection in place, then, you know, you can build some very powerful, you know, customer journey, customer profile reporting, similar to what the CDPs are trying to do, but they just don't do the groundwork of getting all the underlying connections in place to do it well. So we're kind of taking the different approach. We're trying to do all the connections first, and then we're going to snap on this customer profile that is going to be super, super powerful you know, for, for marketers. Nice. I love that. And uh, as the consumer of a lot of marketing emails, I, I hope it does get better because it's pretty messy right now. All right, Sam. Well, unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today's interview. Before we wrap up, if people want to follow along with your journey as you build, where's the best place for them to go? So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active. Uh, I post several times a week. You could also check out our, our website, uh, datajoin.com. And once again, on LinkedIn, it's uh, Sam Fanoi Moana. I'm the only uh, Sam Fanoi Moana on LinkedIn. So it should be easy enough to find me. Yeah, that's where I hang out. Awesome. Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to chat and share your vision. This is all super exciting. And I wish you the best of luck in executing on this vision. Hey, appreciate it, Brad. Thanks again. No problem. Let's keep in touch.